You guys all doing good? Yeah, it is a good day to be in God's house, whether you're here in person or online. We are so glad to have you guys with us this morning. And uh, just a quick shout out, hey, it's Father's Day. So hey, to all the dads, dads-to-be, dad-like figures, spiritual fathers, mentors, shoot, if you're just feeling kind of fatherly this morning, like happy Father's Day to you, all right? Seriously, we are so glad to have you here. And as we'll talk about as my message goes forward today, just the important role you play in so many lives, whether you realize it or not, and uh, how God wants us to operate in that. Uh, but like er- Pastor Erica mentioned earlier uh, in service, I just wanted to make mention of this because... Uh, you know, on Father's Day, there can be a lot of mixed emotions on what you're feeling and going through, specifically if you've lost a father and, and your earthly father is not lo- no longer in your life, or, or maybe you didn't grow up with a father, or you had a father but you never knew your father, or all of those different scenarios. We get that. We understand that's tough. Uh, our team got here early uh, this morning as we were preparing for service. We took time to pray for you both here in person and online, if you're dealing with that type of scenario, that the Holy Spirit would comfort you today, that your heavenly Father would fill the hole in the gap, and that your church family and the spiritual fathers in your community uh, would help step up and lead you in that way. And so, man, we just we just uh, want to let you know we understand that, and that's unique. But um, in light of Father's Day today, uh, you know, and me being a father, I just want to speak speak into the potential. Uh, that's in this room and online today as far as the fathers go. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking to everybody today, but specifically, if, if you guys get it, I'm talking to the dads today. I'm talking to the fathers. I'm talking to the spiritual fathers today. And um, I, fathers, I don't think I need to tell you or explain this anymore. I think you understand and realize the weight and the role uh, that you have that you play in your children's lives. You know, like uh, growing up, uh, maybe, like, I think this is so funny, like kids draw pictures of their dads and they're like these, like, bodybuilders with like Superman capes and they're like, this is my dad. I'm like, man, I wish that was real, right? But, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they just idolize us sometimes. I, I think, um, you know, I, I've heard this a bunch of times from different people. Oh man, I want to be like my dad when I grow up in this area or whatever. Our, our youngest Ezra always goes, when I get older, like daddy, and then he'll like fill in the blank. I'm like, I'll eat like chips for breakfast, you know, or like, you know, I'll do this or that. And, and just this this idolization of dad, right? And then, and then uh, maybe dad is you have a cupboard full of world's greatest dad mugs or, you know, Father's Day gifts that you've gotten over the years from your kids, just kind of staring in your face and reminding you every now and then, wow, like somebody else cares about me and appreciates me and I, I kind of, kind of important role that I play. And so, uh, but on the flip side of that, you know, it's Father's Day and I, I didn't want to be naive uh, and for us to be naive to realize that sometimes it, it brings a mix of emotions even for dads, you know, like, like maybe, maybe they got a little bit of fear about how they're doing as a dad or a little anxiety about what their children may think about them or their relationship with their kids or, or even disappointment of where they're at or maybe some mistakes along the way that have maybe severed a relationship or fractured one or just brought some baggage to the table. We get that. But I believe this morning, guys, this is a place of hope. This is a place of healing. This is a place of encouragement. Amen. And when we go to the Father, that's what we can receive and expect. And so I want to speak a word of encouragement into all the dads this morning. And prophetically, what I want to say is, hey, we're going to do, this is the title of my message if you like to take notes, but we're going to talk about how to be the world's greatest coach, all right? Because I believe today, as we look at the role of dad, we're going to see it as more of a coach 
scenario. And I want to go to two passages of scriptures uh, for you. But here's, here's uh, we're going to start in Ephesians 6, verse 4. But before we look at that, real quickly, to set some of the dads free. As a father, you're not called to be your kid's savior. As a father, you're not called to be your kid's Lord. As a father, you're not called to be perfect or have all the right answers. You aren't called even to be their hero. You're called to be their coach, as we're going to find out in Scripture this morning. As I said, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, in the message translation, the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit says, Fathers, do not frustrate your children with no-win scenarios. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. I like how that reads. Another translation that maybe you're more familiar with says, Fathers, bring them up in the training and admonition in the Lord, right? Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Start children off on the way that they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn away from it or train a child up in the way that he or she should go and when they're old, they won't depart from it. And so fathers, as, as I began to look at this and be like, okay, what, what is going on here? There's some training, there's some coaching, there's some instructing, right? It gave me, it gave me this image of a coach. And, and, I, and I'd, I'd never seen it before, but the definition of a coach in its simplest form is this, someone who instructs and trains another. That's all the definition of a coach is. And so we fathers, dads, spiritual dads, we're called to coach our kids, all right, we're called to train and instruct and raise up. And, and the thing I know about coaches is this, coaches win and coaches lose, right? Coaches say the right thing at the right moment and coaches sometimes blow it and say the wrong thing or make the wrong play, right? Coaches aren't perfect. However, they are so vital and they play a vital role in those relationships. And so like I mentioned earlier, the title of my message today, dads, is World's Greatest coach. And so whether you're a dad-to-be, want to be a dad someday, operating in the role of a father figure, come on now. God wants to make sure you leave today knowing that, man, with his grace, with his strength, with his help, you can be the world's greatest coach. And so let's go to the Father in prayer today as we open up his word and look at what he has for us. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you today that you are Father, you are Dad, you are Lord, no matter where we find ourselves in life and whatever situation we're in, we can come to you with confidence and with boldness today and receive in our time of need today. Lord, we thank you that you want to pull out the gold inside the dads today. Lord, we speak a word of encouragement today over the dads. Show us, Lord, how to be coach. Show us how to train up and raise up our kids, Father God, and point them in the right way. Show us the way of the Father. Lord, we lean into you today, Holy Spirit. We ask you to customize this message to every person. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Just as a disclaimer, I'm using this coach term, and a lot of times when we start throwing around coach, we think of like a sports coach, right? And, and I get that. There's a lot of parallels between training, uh, coaching athletics and, and raising kids, no doubt. But I don't want us to get stuck in the vein of just uh, athletics and coaches here, right? Uh, and more importantly, when we're called to coach our kids or instruct our kids, we're called to instruct them and coach them in all areas of life, not just what to do with a ball full of air, amen? And so we need to lean into that. And one of the most recent experiences that have really kind of painted this coach picture and this analogy really well uh, happened about two weeks ago. So a lot of you guys know our youngest, Ezra, he's four. Uh, two weeks ago, 
Ezra learned how to ride his bike without training wheels at our house, which was a big deal. Yeah, this is like a big deal, all right? Obviously, any kid doing that is a big deal, but for us, this is our youngest. This is the baby. This means we no longer have any training wheels at the Giso household. That's like a really big day, and uh, man, it was a fun day, right? And, um, you know, I'm no biking expert by any means, all right? I'm not like this ex- expert biking coach. But dads, maybe you, if you've ever been a part of that process before, you'll understand. Um, taking three human beings, like we've done, Eric and I, and, and getting them to balance on two wheels and ride down a pavement street without inflicting serious flesh wounds is a modern-day miracle sometimes. You know, like, that is accomplishment worth celebrating. No joke. Like, seriously. Like, like. To take a child who moments earlier was riding around on four wheels, right? Like on this train, like comfortables, I'll get out. The wind could blow. They're not going to fall over. They could hit a rock. Nothing bad's going to happen to them. And all of a sudden, in a moment, second, they're flying down the driveway or the street with just two wheels and a lot that could go wrong. You guys been there before? You've seen this scenario? You've been in it yourself. Maybe some of you guys are reminiscing when you learned to ride a bike if you did that, right? And and just the, the different scenarios that surround that. But uh, man, we, we experienced this two weeks ago. It was really cool. And got a couple pictures and a video I want to show you guys just at the moment. Uh, you can show them that first one. This one is when we're starting out. He said, Dad, take the training wheels off. And we started in the grass. Why? Because it hurts a little bit less, right? <laughs> and so we started in the grass and let go and just let them get, feel, get comfortable that Dad is going to let go a lot, all right? And you're doing the work. But how many of you guys know it's hard to pedal in the grass? Like you can't really get tons of momentum. So he was kind of struggling. I said, all right, it's time to upgrade. Now that you know that you can balance and you have a little confidence, we're going to the pavement, right? Show them that next picture. So we moved to our driveway. I said, dude, you're going to cruise, but you got to keep pedaling, all right? And so we let go there. And then um, we got this quick video of just kind of one of the first moments of when he finally started to get it with me letting go and actually being dad and coaching him and then letting him go and letting his wings fly. So let's take a look at that real quick. I'll be back with you. Awesome. So, hey, that, give it up for Ezra one more time. Um, I was joking. I was like, you know, like each kid, you know, in progression, we have three kids. Like each one picked it up earlier, right? Like how appropriate. Like our firstborn, Ella, you know, she, she, she learned like a couple years ago. You know, she's 10 now, but, you know, she's the firstborn. We're cautious. We don't want to get hurt. You know, Eli, the middle was, I'm going to do like two or three years before her. And Ezra's like, shoot, coming out of the womb, like just ready to ride. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's go. Let's do this. I'm the baby. Um, but seriously, Learned a lot from that experience. You know, riding a bike with, with training wheels is just like anything in life. There's some element of fear and difficulty, but we can all do it with the right coaching, 
with the right training, right? And uh, it's a confidence booster for the kid, but it's also really rewarding for the person helping coach uh, that kid or that child through that, right? Letting them let go and, and letting them try it on their own, right? And I realized like in that moment, it kind of, I've done this, this is the third time now doing this. I realized, wow, I have to realize my role in this moment. I am just coach here. Like I cannot ride the bike for Ezra, right? Like I cannot do it for him. I have to show him and, and train him, but he's gonna ride the bike. I cannot pedal for him, right? I, I cannot hold on to his seat forever. Otherwise, he'll never learn how to balance, right? And I have to train him. I cannot guarantee his safety after I let go of that seat, right? I cannot guarantee that at all, but I have to trust that he's gonna trust his training, he's gonna do well, and he's gonna flourish, right? And so in the same way, fathers, I wanna take the pressure off you today. Sometimes I think we put this self-imposed pressure on ourselves to be this perfect dad or whatever. I want this coach analogy to give you some room and some wiggle room for some grace, but also show you the importance of being a coach in your kids' lives, because I believe, like I said it once, I'll say it a couple more times, I believe, dads, you can be the world's greatest coach with the world's greatest coach's help, amen? So let's take a look at four things that I, I believe that can help us be great coaches in our kids' lives, and this can be for dads, parents, moms, even spiritual mentors as well. Number one is this, number one, be present. Everybody say present. Be present, be there for them. Never underestimate the power of just being there. A lot of times as the kids get older, they don't think mom and dad around are cool, right? And they're like, they, they, they play it off like they don't want to be around you, right? It's beautiful when they're little and they think you're the hero and all they want to do is spend. But then there's like this awkward transition where it's like, you know what? I kind of want my own space. But even in that season and beyond, they still want you there. They still want your presence, right? They still want your presence. I, I love this. Like you guys think about it in a coaching analogy. A coach who actually shows up to practice has a greater opportunity to coach and train somebody versus if he doesn't show up, right? Like if you're like, it's time for basketball practice, it's time for football, and the coach doesn't show up, nothing really good and productive is going to happen there. In the same analogy with us as a dad, when we're present, we have an opportunity. doesn't mean it always happens the way we want it. There's no guarantee there, but we have an opportunity to train, to instruct, and to encourage our kids. And maybe this will set you free. Remember, God isn't calling you to be perfect. He's just calling you to be present. Amen? Your presence speaks volumes to your children's life. And it also paints this beautiful picture, and it reminds me, as I think about the power of presence, I think about our Heavenly Father and what that does for our spiritual relationship. And in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6 it says, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So may, may we boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I don't know about you guys, but that verse gives me comfort knowing that no matter what man is trying to do against me, my God is for me, not against me. And he promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us. I can count on him. He is present in our lives, and that's why he is the best father and the good father and the father we can lean on and put our faith and trust and hope in because he said, I ain't never peacing out. I'm never, it's not conditional, it's unconditional love, and I love that. But the same is true for us in the natural as well, you know. Our kids, they just need our attention. They need, they need presence of a father figure. And, you know, with the bike illustration with Ezra, you know, 
Ezra, of course, he wanted to learn how to ride at one of the more inconvenient times, right? It's never like when you're all prepared, okay, we're going to teach the kid how to ride a bike today. It's always like you've got something else to do or you've been busy for this day. We'd already been out in the sun a really long time. It was like way past dinner time. You know, I'm, I'm not hungry. I'm like hangry. It escalated to that level and I'm just ready to be in the AC, not still out in the sun trying to do this. And he's like, let's do it. And I had a crossroads moment. Am I going to say, no, we'll do it another time, or am I going to just be present in this moment and see what God can do? And I'm so glad, like literally, I feel like I'm more blessed than Ezra that I got to be a part of this experience because, man, it was just really cool to watch your kid get it and connect, and the Lord showed me so much through something so practical of a kid learning to ride a bike, but the power of presence was highlighted to me. And so, hey, whether you're a father, father-to-be, a father figure, What does this look like practically for us for presence? I just want to give you permission granted. Put the phone down. Amen? Put the phone down sometimes. Close the work computer. Turn off the work email. Talk to the boss man. Say, you know what? I need to leave early today because I need to be home and spend some waking hours with my kids before they go to bed. I need to be at that game. I need to be at that thing. I need to be present in their life because I'm coach. And if coach doesn't show up anytime, then I can't instruct, right? But if coach is there, there's an opportunity for God to work through that relationship, right? And then just side note, guys, take pressure off. You cannot be at everything. It is hard to be at everything, especially when you start having multiple kids. You know what I'm saying? They all got their activities and whatnot. But man, try to make it to what you can. Because whether the kid acknowledges it or not, or even confesses it or not, it means the world when you're just there. You may not have a clue about ballet. I, I have an absolute clue about ballet, but I will show it to my daughter's ballet thing because it's beautiful and it means a lot to her, so it means a lot to me, amen? Like, like I'll show up to my kids' practice. I'll coach kids' teams. I'll try to be as present as I can with the limited time I have because I know it goes short. From the moment they are born to the moment they usually fly the nest, you got like 18-ish years, and then boom, they're on their own, and it goes really, really fast, And so, man, I think with kids more than ever, they read through the lines. They see whatever we spend our time on is what we prioritize. So do we prioritize work more than the kids? Obviously, there's a season, and we have to to make a living. You know, they need to understand that, but are we there for them? And if we do miss an event, I always have encouraged, hey, try to make it up to them. I can't make it to that game, but, man, I'm going to make it to the next one. And and we also, I want to go out and do something fun with you here. Like, just make it so they know that dad is in their life and that he's present. It'll it'll fix a lot of our society's problems and whatnot with just dads that are present. Amen? So that's the number one. Fathers, let's be present with our kids. Number two is this. Give instruction and encouragement. So it's kind of twofold here. Really basic, but really life-changing. Remember, the definition of a coach is someone who instructs and someone who trains, right? Someone who brings instruction. And so, man, fathers, we have a huge opportunity to instruct our kids. Never underestimate the power of giving some sound advice to a, a child of yours. Seriously, to this day, I'll be confronted with certain scenarios in my adult life, and I will hear my dad's voice of how he had coached me when I was a kid of how to handle with that situation. And that is just so powerful and it's so life-giving. And so never underestimate those side pull-offs. Hey, how you doing? Did you see how that kid responded to his mommy? Did we do that? Like, like coaching him through everything in life because time is short. And they're looking to us as uh, an instructor, right? And uh, the other thing, like with Ezra and his, and his bike riding experience, like 
Again, I couldn't ride it for him, but I could say, hey, when, we, when I let go, you're going to need to pedal. Like, not this do 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 No, like, don't, like, be casual because you're going to flop over. Like, you're going to have to move those legs to keep those tires spinning. And you're going to have to look where you're going. This was a key detail, right? Because kids are so cute. But they're always like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, the tree, like, house siding, like, driveway, like, watch out, right? Like, you got to look where you're going because wherever your head's at, that's where you're going to steer, right? And so just some basic instruction really went well with Ezra to help him not hurt himself. And then you guys heard me on the video there, the break, break, like he didn't know how to break. Like there's the street and there's the driveway and the end of the driveway in the woods. Like, like you're going to have to hit that back pedal there on that little kid bike to stop. Otherwise it's not going to go well with you. Right. And so we're called to instruct, never underestimate the power of instruction. And the other thing is encouragement. I think this one's just as important, if not more for our kids. I love what uh, Proverbs 18.4 says. It says, a person's words can be life-giving water. I love that. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Guys, get this. Encouragement is like gold to your kids. Whether they ever tell you that or not, encouragement is so, so powerful. You couldn't see it a ton on the video that I showed you of Ezra, but as I began to let go and began to clap and began to cheer and say, you're doing it, you're doing it. His little eyes are cute already, if you guys know him, but those eyes got even cuter and brighter when I began to do that. Why? Because he was getting confidence. His dad was saying, you got this, bud. He's like, I'm really doing it. And we're cheering him on. And man, if there's a visual of anything today, realize this, that man, when we are coaches in our kids' life, just the sheer fact of we believe in them, we see that they can accomplish what God has called them to do, we're proud of them, and we encourage them, that can be enough to lift our kid out of a ditch, out of depression, out of a horrible thing and let them actually fulfill God's plan in our life. Don't underestimate the power of life-giving words that we speak to and over our kids. The power of life and death, the writer of Proverbs all said, is in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And so what kind of words are we speaking to our kids, right? As a father, as the world's greatest coach, we should be the number one encourager in our kids' lives. And I'll be honest, I miss this just as much as all of us do because we're also there to discipline and correct, which is just as important. However, we can get in a rut. I find myself too just having to ponder, have I been, uh, have I been yelling and disciplining more than I've been instructing and encouraging? There should be a good balance there. And when they get out of whack, that can send the wrong message to that kid, Right? There is, they need to know right and wrong. They need to know what's going to hurt them. They need to know how to respect their parents. There, need, there needs to be discipline moments, absolutely. But I've always been taught, hey, they have an encouragement bank, metaphorically speaking, your kids do. And as we encourage and instruct and we, do, we put stuff into the bank so that when it's time to discipline or correct, there's stuff in there so that we aren't bouncing checks. Does that make sense? But if there's only negative stuff spoken and it's time to correct, it doesn't really go over well. And that kid is confused about what their parent thinks about them. And so, man, I just, again, I'm not a, I'm not a parenting guru. I'm not, we're still figuring it out in the mix. The verdict's still out. Are we good parents or not? Like we got little ones and we're in the training grounds with some of you guys and some of you guys that our older parents and have already seen your kids fly off the nest. This is still true today. Never underestimate the power of sending a text or picking up the phone and saying, son or daughter, I love you. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. Those words from a dad carry so much weight and so much value. 
And, and if you're led by the Holy Spirit to do that, it might even come at the right divine time in that child's life. Never underestimate the role of dad and encourager. So that's number two. Number three is this. We're called to model it for them. Everybody say model. We're called to model what life looks like and how to do life correctly. I love what the Apostle Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He says this. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. This takes the pressure off, dads. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to follow the dude that is perfect, amen? Like, you don't have to have it all together. You just need to know the one who does, amen? And you need to follow Jesus with your life. And as you follow Jesus, invite your kids to follow you. That takes the pressure off of being the superhero. Jesus does the heavy lifting, amen? Jesus does the forgiving. Jesus brings the mercy. Jesus brings the healing, right? We follow him and we become a conduit of that to our kids. Powerful stuff, right? Like we talked about last week, it's not just a tell and tell thing. It's a show and tell thing, right? We must show our kids and not just tell them, right? Some of my best coaches growing up in basketball were the ones that didn't just say do this or that, but they got down on the court with me, next to me, paused practice, and literally showed me how to do it. Seriously. Like, hey, Eric, we're running this play for you to get an open shot, but if you're going to do that, you need to come off this screen, and Coach literally got and showed me how close I needed to curl on that pick and roll screen. Otherwise, if I left a little bit of gap, the defender would be able to get through it, and I wouldn't have an open shot. He didn't just tell me about it. He showed me it. He modeled it, and it gave me confidence and showed me the picture of what I needed to do and actually fulfill it in my life. The same is true in parenting. The same is true in being a father. We can say all we want, but our kids are watching our life. Whether we like that or not, that's a scary thought. They're, they're making their conclusions about what we say based on how we act. And so, man, is it ever important, especially in this day and age, to model it, to be that example to our kids that if we never said a word to them, they would get it because they see how dad lives his life. They, you know, and, and you could do this in tons of practical ways. You can teach your son or daughter how to treat the opposite sex or how to date or how to court properly by simply treating their mother well, fathers. Right, right, you, they're watching how you interact. We can teach them by living lives of integrity, both in public and around people, but they see us when doors are closed and it's just the family, the raw and the real. How do we live? How do we talk, right? This is a huge one, but humble pie. When we blow it, when we miss it, dads, we can apologize, amen? We can say we're sorry, hey, son or daughter, I missed it, or I snapped at you. I'm sorry, it's been a stressful week at work, but that doesn't excuse how I talked to you just now. Daddy, sorry. There's been moments I've had to get down and say sorry to my young kids, and they're so forgiving, and they're so beautiful, and they, they, they paint the picture of the father better than I paint it sometimes. But man, we gotta show them how to do it right, right? And then, you know, walking in love and just being nice to other people. They're watching that. How generosity should be our lifestyle. It's more blessed to give than receive. There's so many things we can model for them. But remember, a good coach will also model it. Amen? So dads, you're that world's greatest coach. Number four, the last thing is simply this. Read and work the playbook. I love this. Maybe you guys didn't realize this, but you have been given a playbook. A playbook for life a playbook for being a father or a parent. And it's God's inspired word. It's the Bible. 
and it really wants to help and instruct us on how to live our lives so that when our kids watch and we model it and we follow it, man, it will make sense and it will align and will help things go forward. I, I don't know about you guys and dads uh, and, and maybe new parents, but I still remember this. The day uh, our firstborn Ella was born, and we like, like it was just mind-blowing to me that a human being came out of my wife, and then two days later, we put her in a car seat in our car and drove away from the hospital with her. And the doctors didn't give us any instruction manual. Like, I get silly, like, 80-page instruction manuals how to work my watch and how to do this. I could care less. I don't need it. I just figure it out. But the one thing I need an instruction manual, I've never been a dad. I don't know how to have a human being stay alive, how to feed this human being, how to clean this human being's dirty diapers, how to make sure this human being doesn't suffocate in its mattress. All these crazy things as a new parent. It was like, Bye. Like, Eric and I laugh about this. I feel like we were stealing, we felt like we were stealing a kid from the hospital the day we brought our daughter home. It's like, they trust us? And you get spoiled. The nurses come in because you're like sleep deprived. They change the diaper. They teach you how to feed. And then all of a sudden they're like, can I take one of you home with us? No, you're on your own. But I'm so thankful that I knew that there was a different playbook. There was a, there was a different instruction manual. There's one that, God would give me confidence and wisdom to be led by his spirit and learn and grow and in my role as a dad and as a parent and it's God's word. And, and, and it's already out there for our consuming, the playbook's out there, but the question more importantly that we need to wrestle with dads is, have we read it? Do we know it? Are we working the playbook? See, it's one thing if I came to a church service every now and then and I was around the playbook and I heard plays from it. It's another thing if I took the dads out on the field right now and said, hey, we're gonna run B52X option right, ready, go. And you're like, I don't know what he's talking about. Right, you'd be confused like a chicken with your head cut off, like just running around like I think I'm doing it, right? There's, there's a way that we can parent and father by the way of the father. And that's revealed through his word. It's through our character and through who we are and all of that. And I just love this. I wanna leave you with this last scripture here this beautiful picture of not just having the word of God be like a Sunday church thing, but being like a part of your family's home and life. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through nine, it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at your home. And when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Make the word of God in the playbook a part of your everyday life, not just your Sunday life. That is where the real rubber meets the road. And where we can become the greatest coach because when we're taking plays from the greatest coach and the playbook that's already been laid out for us, we can have confidence that even if we fall and stumble, there's grace to get back up and there's a way back onto the right path because he's already laid it out in his word. And so to be a great dad is to be a great follower of Christ and to be a great studier of his word. If you're not currently reading your word, fathers, I encourage you, find a, find a way to make that a part of more of your weekly, daily routine. It may be as simple as just picking up a Bible on your way out today. It may be like, you know, I'm gonna finally download that Bible app, or maybe you've had it on your phone for years, but actually gonna start clicking onto that and 
Maybe just starting with the verse of the day and meditating on that or getting a Bible plan that would help you each day read a little bit of something, give you some food for thought to ponder and meditate. But man, never underestimate the power of God's word because here's what I know. You cannot give your kids what you don't have yourself. When it's in you, you can pass it to them. So if I want them to live according to God's word, but I don't live or have the word of God living inside of me, it's not gonna work very well. But when I make that adjustment, man, I have something I can give. And there's days where I feel like I got nothing in the natural. I have got nothing to give my kids. But man, God's got something. He's gotta supply every day. And I can give them the word of God. I can give them prayer. I can pray and believe in faith for them. I can stand in the gap. It's a beautiful thing. And so guys, man, this Father's Day, dads, we celebrate the Heavenly Father. We celebrate our earthly fathers as we ponder and pray and celebrate and respect those that are in our lives that hold those roles. Know this, that, that number one, you can be present because your Heavenly Father is present in your life. Number two, you can instruct and you can encourage because your Heavenly Father does that in your own life. Number, number three, you, you, can, you can model it for them. You can be an example to them in your own lives because Jesus was our model and was our example. And, and number four, you can read and meditate and work the playbook and watch God do some amazing things in your family. I believe generations can be changed by the legacy we leave as spiritual fathers and natural earthly dads. Amen. Let me pray for you guys and pray for all of us that just need the Lord's help to be who God's called us to be. Well, let's go to the coach. Father, we thank you so much. We praise you for your presence here today. We thank you for leading us and guiding us where you wanted to go this morning. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for showing us this analogy and this illustration of coach. We don't have to have it all together. We just have to have something together. And it's, it's our relationship with you, Father. It's, it's trust in you. Lord, you are the greatest coach and you've called us and you prophesy over the dads today that we can be the world's greatest coach for our kids as we're simply present and we encourage and instruct and we model it and we look to your word. And so Father God, we just thank you for the example that you set for us and I pray right now in the name of Jesus for strength, for boldness, for a spirit and wave of encouragement sweeping over dads, both here in person and those tuning in and watching online, that you have what it takes because God lives in you. The greater one is in you. The greatest coach, the greatest father that ever lived is equipping you and walking with you. You have what it takes. You're doing better than you think you're doing. And Lord, I thank you that as that spirit of encouragement grows, Lord, that we can be the fathers that you've called us to be. Help us. We need your help. We need your supply. We need your wisdom. We ask you for it in faith. And Father, we know that you hear us. And so we receive it right now. And we thank you that there's a tangible difference as we walk out these doors and log off today, knowing that, man, we are the world's greatest coach because of the one who modeled it for us. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for today. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray that you guys are encouraged today. And I want to just end with one last thing, and it's this. You heard me talk about it as we went through the message, but you can only be the world's greatest coach if you know the world's greatest coach, right? Like all of the great coaches in my life, they were once players first. 
and sat under the teaching and instruction of another coach, right? That, that creates that legacy of great coaches, men and women that have been marked by other men and women. And none is different even in our spiritual walk. If we want to give everything that God wants for our kids in the next future generations, then we gotta be connected to the direct source. We gotta have that coach Jesus in our corner, pulling us in and picking us back up, encouraging us when we're down, giving us the word of God to be our anchor in our strength. And it all comes through a personal relationship with coach Jesus. You simply just have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that Jesus died on a cross and confess with your mouth that truth the Bible says that you would be born again or be saved. You could have a relationship with God. You invite coach into your life and he can begin to coach you in things you never thought were possible. And you can grow in ways you thought you'd never imagined to grow in. And it all starts with that foundational commitment and relationship to put your faith and trust in Jesus. And so if everybody could just bow your heads and close your eyes here in person this morning. And if you're watching and tuning in online, I just ask you to reverence this moment. No getting up or moving around. I believe this is for some of you as well. If you're here today on Father's Day, man, I think there's no greater day than to put our faith and trust in the Heavenly Father, to put our faith and trust in Jesus, the, the world's greatest coach, to help us as we parent and, and father the next generation. Father, we thank you that you don't require us to do a bunch of stuff to come to you or have to clean our life up first. You just simply meet us where we're at today. So if you're here, both in person or online, and you don't know Jesus personally, you've never prayed a prayer of salvation, you have never experienced for yourself that, man, you could know that you know that you know that you'd be going to heaven when you left this earth suit called your body and that you could spend eternity face to face with God. And more importantly, that that coach would now come into your heart and help you in every area of life teach you and show you the way. If that's something you've never done or you did it a long time ago, but you want to recommit to that today, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front or call you out. I just want to know who I can link my faith up as we all pray this prayer together. So if that's for you and you want to receive Jesus this morning, just simply right now, boldly raise your hand up so I know that I'm praying with you and for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Online as well. And would you guys all repeat this simple prayer from your hearts after me and know that God hears you. The Son Jesus is coming in in a powerful way. Would you repeat this after me? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So be it. God bless you guys. And Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.